Good evening, and welcome to the Marriage Reform Prayer Call. My name is Kim Moore, and I am super excited about the assignment God has given us to restore marriage to the body of Christ. And thank Amy so much for helping me and keeping me on task and, and in the direction that God would have us to go. And, you know, she, you know, you're um, sometimes the people that are closest to you that God has given you to uh, and, and have given to you to help you grow and change. You know, sometimes we grow through things, and I just thank God for a ministry partner and a friend that is growing through my own aches and pains. And so thank you so much, Amy, for your faithfulness to this process and all that God has given us to do. Well, each week on this call, uh, and in every state, capital, and U.S. territory, we are declaring the kingdom uh, kingdom marriage. Job 22 through 22:28 says, "You shall also decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you. And the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways." And this is exactly what we're doing. We're decreeing each week. We pray and teach and pray again for kingdom-minded husbands and wives. And we thank you for believing with us and, uh, as God institutes a divine makeover, a resetting of marriage, a re- reigniting of the hearts of husbands and wives. Marriage is due for an upgrade. And let the people of God say amen. We need technology to navigate uh, this life and what is going on and what God would have us to do even in and through our marriages. And so we thank you for praying with us. We thank you for praying for us. And we thank you for sacrificing your time to be with us on this call. Those of you that show up every week, we appreciate you so much. And if this is the first time on the call, I believe I heard one person chime in saying this is her first time and you want to know what we're talking about or what on earth is kingdom marriage, then I encourage you to please visit my website, moreonrelationships.com, and you can scroll over the resource tab, and the first link says what um, – the first link says um, – excuse me – the first link will say what – is kingdom marriage. So if you want to know what on earth is kingdom marriage, you can get a bullet point of what we're talking about there. Well, we've been to a handful of states already. We were hoping to go to Tennessee in March. Uh, I talked with a pastor from Tennessee today, and we've decided uh, to wait as they've experienced a tornado. And so, Father, we just thank you for all those that have suffered property damage. We pray, God, for speedy recovery. We pray for the resources to recover. We thank you for the human resources that will go and assist in Jesus' name. Now turn the hearts of your people in that state toward yourself, even through this, Lord, tragedy. And we just bless you. We bless the families of that state in Jesus' name. Well, we've been to a handful of states, as I've said. We've been to uh, Alabama, South Carolina, Delaware. Uh, we're headed to Maryland, Washington, and Virginia the weekend of April 24th. And so if you're interested in helping or you just want to take part, please email me at Kim at Moore, my last name, M-O-O-R-E, on relationships.com, and we'll get you involved. And as you know, we were in Delaware in February, And we had an amazing time with Patsy Shannon, who did an awesome job coordinating and bringing 
a bunch of people together, some running for state Senate, some running for U.S. Senate. So it was really, truly a blessing to interact with these folks and just declare kingdom marriage. But as a result of being there, we talked about coordinating an event, a seminar or workshop, when we go up to D.C. and Maryland, Virginia, on the weekend of the 24th through 26th. And so if you're interested in that or interested in helping uh, coordinate that or take part in that, you can also email me your interest. Well, tonight I want to talk and uh, pray about marital conflict from a kingdom perspective. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We just thank you tonight for who you are. We need you tonight, Father, as a father. We need you as a friend and as a judge. As our Father, we thank you for meeting our needs as we seek first your kingdom and your righteousness according to Matthew 6.33 and according to Philippians 4.19, that you will supply each one's needs according to your riches in glory, according to your wealth and your resources. And we thank you for being a friend, according to John 15, 15. Jesus said that he no longer calls us servants or slaves, but you call us friends because you are making known to us everything that you have heard from the Father. And you are revealing it to us, everything that you've learned. And so, Father uh, Jesus, we thank you as our counselor and as our friend that you're advising us and, and guiding us in the way that we should go. And we pray and we thank you that many are our plans, but may the counsel of the Lord stand forever in our lives. And we thank you for being a judge, a just judge, according to Daniel 7, 9, and 10. Lord, that your throne, your judgment seat is like a fiery flame. And its wheels is burning fire, a fiery stream issuing uh, out from you, Lord. We just thank you that thousands upon thousands are ministering to you, and 10,000 times 10,000 stand before, before him. Lord, we just thank you that the judgment is set and the books were opened according to Daniel 7, 9, and 10. So we recognize tonight, God, that all things are naked and open to you, to whom each one, each husband and wife, must give an account. We thank you for the blood of Jesus, the testimony of the great cloud of witnesses. Now bring husbands and wives, God, to their full stature as kingdom citizens, as sons of God. Open their eyes. Open their ears. Give them understand an understanding heart tonight that each one might grow up, God, and glorify your name personally and relationally through their marriage. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in considering conflict in marriage, as I tell you all the time, we must uh, consider the context. And we said before and we say over and over again that God always speaks and acts from a kingdom perspective. He always has the kingdom in mind when he is rendering uh, uh, wisdom, when he's rendering guidance, when he's correcting, when he's instructing. It is always from a kingdom perspective. Now, you and I have many points of view, and sometimes they clash. And one place they clash is in marriage and, and some of our other relationships. But God has one point of view. He views from one point, and that point and his viewing point is the kingdom. And so when, when there is a clash, it is between the kingdom of God and, or the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. And it gets played out in our human relationships, most notably 
uh, in marriage between husbands and wives. And each one of us become available uh, in marriage in different times to the kingdom of light and to the kingdom of darkness. None of us are above being used by the adversary. And we only need to be married a few minutes to see that and recognize that in our spouse, but also if we are willing in ourselves. And the second thing is we must remember that the kingdom of God, you got to get this, because if you don't get this, nothing else I say tonight will make sense to you. The kingdom of God is bent on growth, multiplication, and advancing the rule of God in every sphere of influence, beginning with our own bodies, which are the temple of the Holy Spirit, in our own marriages, families, and out from there. The kingdom of God is bent on growth, multiplication, and advancing the rule of God, the reign of God, in every sphere of influence. That's what he's doing. And so if we don't uh, recognize that God is about growth, then we're going to struggle with some of the things I share with you tonight. So let's talk about conflict. First, conflict's necessary for growth. For us to grow up into mature sons and the bride of Christ, it's necessary. Luke 17, 1 says, Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause us to trip up and fall into sin must happen. Uh, another translation says that offenses must come uh, to our lives. And one of the things that offenses do, it, it, they expose what's really in our heart. 2 Corinthians 7, 5, this is Paul writing, even after we arrived in Macedonia, we could not rest physically. We were surrounded by problems. There was external conflict and there were internal fears. I want you to notice that. Wherever there is external conflict in marriage, it is accompanied by some internal fear at work. And then Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions or conflict, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, reveries, and the like, of which I tell you, be- tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past. So this isn't the first time Paul is saying this, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Remember I told you everything is in light of the kingdom. God speaks from a kingdom perspective. Paul is writing in in relationship to or in the context of a kingdom perspective. And so conflict is an outworking of things that are going on in our flesh. Number four, in the kingdom, and you might want to write this down, so I'm going to say it slow. In the kingdom, conflict is God's request for something we have so that he can release more of himself, more of his authority, more of his power, more of his love into our souls. Again, conflict in the kingdom is God's request for something we have. Conflict in marriage is God's request for something we have so that he, that is God, can release more of himself, more of his authority, more of his power, more love, and more, even more freedom into our souls. So it's a tool of the kingdom. 
Number five, conflict is caused by unmet needs, emotional wounds that haven't been healed, pain, fear, disguises, and strongholds. Blame, demands, ultimatums, and expectations seem to overshadow these. We don't see the underneath, the underbelly of conflict right away. What we see and what we hear are blame. What we see and hear are the demands or ultimatums, expectations, um, tend to take center stage. But behind the scenes, unmet needs, wounds, fears, um, uh, pain that has not been addressed, disguises, the mask we wear that we haven't taken off, and strongholds are at work keeping this conflict in place. James 4, 1 through 4 reads, what is the cause of your conflicts and quarrels with each other? Doesn't the battle begin inside of you? as you fight over your own way and fulfill your own desires. So here James is saying that the conflict starts inside of you, that the conflict you're having with your spouse starts inside of you, starts inside of your spouse. You jealously want what others have, so you begin to see yourself as better than others. You scheme with envy and harm others to selfishly obtain what you crave. That's why you quarrel and fight, and all the time you don't obtain what you want because you won't ask God for it. And if you ask, you won't receive it because you're asking with a corrupt motive, seeking only to fulfill your own selfish desires. You have become spiritual adulterers who are having an affair, an unholy relationship with the world. Don't you know that flirting with the world's values places you at odds with God? Whoever chooses the world's friend makes himself an enemy of God and at odds with his kingdom. Wow. Wow. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. Just, just, just think about that for a moment. And I said to you in another, um, in, a, in times past, I said to you, that you you got let me say this way. you you husbands and wives couldn't even argue unless they understood each other you argue from your place of strength you ever see two weak people argue so when you're arguing with your spouse it's usually from your place of strength that brings you in conflict with one another and here's the thing you and your husband or you and your wife you don't argue about a hundred things each couple has one to three arguments that they have over and over and over again. You know the argument so well that you could have the argument without your spouse even being here on your way home from work or the grocery store, wherever you are. You don't even, the, 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 the argument is so well rehearsed that you don't even need your spouse to have it. That's crazy. So you don't argue about a hundred things. There are some core issues, one to three core issues of conflict, and they are tied to your character or your stature as sons of God. And the Bible says in Luke, I think it's 2.15, that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. So Jesus had to grow in maturity. If Jesus had to grow up in the kingdom, so you and I have to grow up as the sons of God. And the areas that we need to grow up in bring us into conflict with one another. Remember, the kingdom is bent on growth of all its citizens 
And the kingdom, God's desire, is that each one of us mature, multiply, and advance the interest of the kingdom, not the interest of ourselves. You know, it, it's interesting to me that um, if, if you think about it, wherever you go, there you are. So if the conflict starts in you, then wherever you go, there you are. That's why if you get married the second time or the third time, and maybe not true in all cases, but in many cases, and with uh, folks that I have counseled or coached, um, their new spouse or the second or third spouse is just a shade of gray of the previous one. So the irritations one has in the first marriage generally will show up in the second or third marriage if they are unresolved and unaddressed. So why is this? My suggestion is, and I wrote a book on this, your spouse is not your problem. doesn't mean that you and I don't have a problem. It just means that our spouse is not our problem. Our spouse usually uh, contains the answer to our problem. But we don't see our spouse as an answer because we oftentimes don't understand conflict and what we're bringing to the fight. And so the other reason is because remember I said that conflict is God's request for something you have so that he can release more of himself, more of his authority, more of his power, more of his love, and more of his freedom in you. And so the frequency and intensity, you're going to want to write this, so I'm going to say it slow. The frequency and intensity of the conflict you and your spouse experience equals the degree to which one or both of you refuse to give God what he wants. God will not be denied. Remember, you were bought with a price, so your life is not your own. It belongs to God, and the owner has a right to make a demand or a request of the thing that it owns. We do it all the time. We own a car. Every morning we get up, go to work, or get in the car. We're making a demand on that car to respond to our, our request or our demand. We put food in the microwave. We are demanding that that microwave or requesting that that microwave operate and serve us. And God is no different. We are his purchased possession. We are his property. He is our owner and our maker and our creator. And he has the right to ask us, request, demand um, us for what is inside of us. God will never ask you for what you don't have. And so conflict is never about what you don't have. It is what, it is what about you do have. So conflict, ask one, one or more three questions. Every conflict, ask one or more three questions. In fact, there are really only three heart questions that you're ever being asked as a kingdom citizen. And I would venture to say uh, lightly that every question that you or I are asked could be distilled into the, these three questions. Listen, we make Christianity difficult, not God. It's really, really, really simple. It's just hard to live with the, without the grace of God to yield. It's, it's just hard. It, it, Christianity is, is not hard. Living it is hard without the grace to yield to God 
at the expense of our desires, at the expense of our things, our possessions, our reputation, and sometimes even our relationships with others. But if we understand these three questions and learn the answers to them, because the answers are, are generally always the same. So we know what the questions are. When we get in conflict, we might ask, God, what are you asking me for? And if we ask anything in his name, he hears us and he answers us. So God wants to have a running dialogue with us, specifically even when we're in conflict with one another. So here are the three questions. I'm not going to go into them because they can be unpacked and they are a, a, a lesson all in themselves. I will give you the scriptural reference so that you can go read and study for yourself, and maybe at some other time we will dive deeper into them. So let me give you the questions. And I'm giving them to you in a specific order, and I will tell you why. The first question is, will you serve yourself? That is, will you serve yourself over God? Will you serve your desires? Will you answer your desires, your needs? Will you consume your gifts, your talents, your skills, and abilities upon yourself? We're talking about conflict. Will you serve yourself in conflict? And that is, comes from all of these three questions come from Matthew 4, 1 through 10, I believe it is, when Jesus was tempted after he had fasted 40 days. Remember, Jesus was tested in every, and tempted in every way that you and I are tempted. So how could that be unless what he was tempted by could be distilled or reduced to a a, a set of questions that would transcend everything. And so I'm suggesting to you that these three questions and the temptations of Christ address, every, uh, address us in our conflict. And so this one comes from Matthew 4, 3, and 4. Will you serve yourself? This is a conflict that's aimed at the body money problems, sex problems, household chores, and children. It's not these things in and of themselves, but it's our attitude, our response, and our relationship with these things that will bring us into conflict with our spouse. Second question is, who are you? That is, who are you choosing to be in this moment of conflict? It comes from Matthew 4, 5 through 7. This conflict is aimed at your soul, your thoughts, and your emotions. And let me uh, suggest right here that most couples, uh, let me just tell you, you've been lied to. Most couples have been told and believe that their biggest problem is communication. I would beg to differ with that and suggest to you that most couples' problem is a lack of connection, that after you communicate, there is a failure or you remain disconnected emotionally. Connection problems are heart problems and can't simply be addressed by giving you a new set of skills. The skills to communicate and the skills to connect, uh, there are, they, some of them are the same, but there are others that are different. And that's why you can go to all the communication marriage classes that you want. But if it doesn't result in you being able to connect and sustain a connection, you're missing something. And so we have Jesus was all about connection. Listen, he communicated with the devil, but he wasn't connected to the devil. 
The Bible says there was no darkness in him. So he was having conversations all day long, but he was not connected to the devil. And I would suggest to you that husbands and wives have conversations and they communicate all day long, but it doesn't end many times in connection. And conflict is proof of that. Conflict is, conflict is proof in this way. When you get into conflict, you stay there because you like, it doesn't mean that you don't understand or hear your spouse. You just like what you think, what you believe, and what you know more than you like your spouse. And so each of you stays polarized in your particular areas. Again, communication, connection, that whole thing is a whole other lesson and can be unpacked, and we could dive deeper into that. But just suffice it to say that when your thoughts and your emotions are involved, generally what's going to result in a connection issue with your spouse, not simply a communication issue. The fact that you can argue means that you know that you can communicate. And we can talk about the quality of that, but the fact that you're arguing tells me you're communicating. It's just not going or resulting in a connection that is enjoyable or sustainable by both of you. And the third question is this, to whom do you belong? That is, to whom are you identifying with in conflict? comes from Matthew 4, 8 through 10. This conflict is aimed at your spirit. Satan is ultimately vying for your worship. And so to get your worship, he has to go after your spirit because the Bible says, or Jesus says, that the time is coming and now is that they that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. So if Satan wants to derail your worship, he has to do it at the spiritual level. So conflict affects your body, it affects your soul and your spirit. And no wonder, why? Because Satan comes to steal your body, kill your soul, and finally destroy your spirit's ability to worship God. Wow, that's a lot. Conflict isn't so much about what's happening to you. It really is about what's coming from you and God wanting to alter or establish what's coming from you. I think Paul wrote, and I don't have the scripture uh, at, at my fingertip, but he wrote about it's necessary that, these, uh, that conflict comes, that, that distinction can be made what is of God and what is not. So let me just wrap up by saying this. The best way to diffuse conflict quickly, I'm not saying you may, you know, you, you may not get a long-term resolve because sometimes things need to be processed, things need to be worked, you know, different things, supports, different kinds of things may need to be put in place. So this is not a miracle, you know, resolving conflict, I'm not suggesting it's, it's it's always a Jericho. Sometimes there's a cross experience. And, and so I, I don't want to mislead you in that. But I will say to you this, that you can immediately begin to diffuse conflict by owning your contribution, by asking God what he wants from you and trusting him to deliver it through you. And just give God what he wants. 
Proverbs 16:7 says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Remember, God is interested in you and I growing up. Jesus, I say it all the time, and I say it for graphic purposes, particularly with husbands and wives. Jesus Christ is not coming back for a flat-chested bride. He's coming for a bride that is mature, that can reign with him and rule with him, that is a co-laborer and a joint heir, that he can walk together with, that he can trust, and, 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 and to disseminate the rule of God on earth as he did when he came and when he comes again. This heaven and earth will pass away. The Bible says there will be a new heaven and earth, and there will be a new new place, a new time, a new garden, and from which you and I uh, will be able to rule. And the Bible says in heaven there will be no one given to marriage. Why? Because we will be married to the Lamb of God. And so we are learning in this life. We are training to rule. We are training to be the bride of Christ, all of us, because in the kingdom there's no male or female. But all are one in him. So we're learning same, sometimes the same lessons, sometimes different lessons, but always the kingdom lessons and always by the self-same spirit, which is God. Well, let me say this before I pray. I, I know that I have said a mouthful tonight. It, I know that I've said a mouthful. I, I don't even know if you could have written it all down. Uh, but hopefully I send you back to the word of God because that's always my intent, to send you back to his word because I don't want to speak on my own authority. I want to speak on his authority. And so there are many things that could have been unpacked further tonight. I could have given you examples, uh, real marriage examples, Um, but that's why we do the seminars and workshops so that we can handle this word and work with these words in real life situations, your life situations, others, and examples that I bring to workshops and seminars. And so if your church or organization is interested in hosting such a seminar or workshop, email me. But also if you're interested in exploring this further in your own relationship with your spouse, uh, I am accepting new coaching clients, a limited number, so I can keep writing and, and doing the things that God has given me to do. But if that's your interest, please email me, and I will get you information to get started. I no longer have that information directly on my site uh, because, again, uh, I am limiting the number of folks that I am coaching because I really uh, believe that God would have me to, again, disseminate this message to the body of Christ at large. And I want to write and get these things into a book format. Well, let's pray. Father and friend, our counselor, we appeal to you tonight on behalf of every husband and wife that proclaims the name of Jesus. We thank you for instituting a divine makeover in marriage for the body of Christ. We thank you for the divine reset and reigniting the hearts of husbands and wives and setting them on fire according to kingdom principles that transcends gender and rigid roles, God, that prevent your people from multiplying, advancing, 
and ruling, Lord, and establishing your rule in the earth and their spheres of influence, God. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for, Lord, just showing up and declaring your word even through this vessel tonight. Now illuminate husbands and wives with the truths that we taught here, Father. Give us the mind of Christ. Give us the kingdom mindset, God, that we would serve as your ambassadors in the earth, bringing the rule of Jesus Christ to our own lives and to our relationships and to our workplaces and our churches, God. Release the grace, release your grace to yield, Lord, release the grace to yield. Release the grace to yield to every husband and wife to seek your kingdom and your righteousness, God, to give you what you ask for, God. Lord, I just thank you and I praise you that you're helping each one to see that conflict is a kingdom tool and your request for something that each one has so, that, Lord, that they can receive more of your presence, more of your freedom, more of your authority, more of your power and your glory, God, in Jesus' name, Lord. Give each one the grace to, Lord, own his or her own contribution. Lord, help them to know, God, that the frequency and intensity of the conflict they experience is equal to the degree that they refuse to give you what you have asked for, God. We admit tonight, God, that we are a purchased possession, God, and our life is not our own. We give up our right to think how we want to think and do how we want to do, God. You are holy, God, and you desire holiness from you, from, from us, God. You said you are holy, therefore we ought to also be holy, God. And so, Father, anoint these words tonight. In the hearing of those that hear, either tonight or by replay, God, or set your people free, God, set husbands and wives free, granting them all the rights, responsibilities, privileges, and blessings that go along with aligning themselves and positioning themselves in your kingdom, Father. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for each one, God time, their sacrifice, for lending their faith and their ears to this message and doing all in their power, God, to disseminate this word, God. Lord, even in their spheres of influence, God, we thank you because you told us as we go, it would grow, God. So, Lord, tie us together tonight, God. Lord, it's like you would tie foxtails together in your word and set us on fire to send forth this word throughout this land, God. We thank you that you're supplying all of the resources and all of the opportunities to declare your word, God, that husbands and wives will be set free, God, for freedom's sake, God. Lord, we ask you to take your battering ram and smash every religious, Lord, Lord, every religious teaching, God, every religious, Lord, protocol, Lord, that would bind husbands and wives, God. We thank and we praise you, Father God. Hallelujah. We bless you tonight. We give you all the glory, God. Now establish your kingdom in the hearts of your people, for you said your kingdom is righteousness, joy, and the peace in the Holy Ghost, and that the kingdom is on the inside of us. Now burst forth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amy, do you want to jump in here? I, I don't know if you had anything or what we're going to do. I know we talked about a few things, so help us. Help me. <laughs> can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Wow, that was definitely meaty. So I know um, 
I'll just say for me, the easiest way to unpack what you said is to go to Spotify and listen and push pause and then, you know, look up the scripture. That That's what I do um, just to really take it in and study. Um, this is really good. And I know um, we usually take questions the first week of the month and we're on the first week so I did I wanted to open it up just in case anyone I know it's a lot to process so but I did want to open up the line if there's anyone that has a question um, that you'd like to ask please feel free to just go ahead and and star six if you have a question and, and we'll take a few minutes to take questions So if anyone has a question, just star six and we'll be able to hear you. And while we're waiting, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say the recurring comment is like, you know, you sit and you hear this stuff and you just kind of sit with it. It's like, where did this stuff come from? (laughs) And that's what I hear from folks. And so, you know, I, you know, I don't know about write your questions down if you don't have them now. Write them down. Hi Kim. Um, hi, hi Amy. It's Melinda. How are you? Hi Melinda. How are you? <laughs> Doing great. Thank you. Good, good, good. Um, I just I'm blown away by the message because it was almost <laughs> it, it was tailored to me. <laughs> you were speaking nice <laughs> to me. Praise God. Praise you God. know, I, I I actually had a situation happen where I, I said I was getting up at four in the morning this for this morning for prayer and I was lining myself up for it and the enemy got me up at one o'clock in the morning and Lordy behold, my husband was out in the bathroom with his cell phone in there for about half an hour and it just pissed me off. And it just triggered me in such a way that I was up from 1 all the way to about 3.30 where I ended up falling asleep and then not hearing the 4 o'clock around. So kill, steal, and I knew it. And I knew it, and I was trying to fight through the emotions of, uh, you know, everything I could imagine that was going on because um, in, in I make things worse in my own imagination. And so, but what is the enemy just planting these seeds of uh, mystery, of whatever it is that I can think up of that would upset me. So when we, when things like this happen, um, I was praying, I was praying uh, all this time. I was like, Lord, take this away from me, take this away from me. But I just felt that heaviness of anger. And I'm not even sure what I was angry at. So I know it was the enemy. Um, and because it's just planting seeds and it's the same argument mm-hmm. again yep. and again. And I didn't even realize it was till you said mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Yep. And I'm like, that's me. That's me. And it's the same argument. It's the same thing happening over and over again. So um, my question is, how can we fight in that moment of anger? Because I know that I'm in the wrong. I know I shouldn't be getting angry. And I try to diffuse myself through prayer. And I just, I have a hard time. And also, do you have this teaching, I know you have books out, if there's one that you can um, suggest 
that I could also have it, you know, in written form, um, these teachings as well. Mm-hmm. Well, one, um, it, it's okay to get angry. Uh, so when so when you say I shouldn't get angry, you just told me that there is a law at work that says you can't get angry. You can. The Bible says be angry and sin not. And there's some right. things that happen in marriage or some things that our spouse may do that is anger worthy. And right. so, and, and maybe that was one of those situations. It's what you do afterwards. But, you know, right. in the moment that we are very hurt or uh, upset, um, yeah. you know, that happened That's to me the is. other day. Yeah, hurt. that happened to me. Yeah, it happened to me the other day. Totally different situation. Uh, um, not not with my, but in a different situation. But I was so hurt and so upset that I, I couldn't even gather myself. I, I mean, <laughs> really, I just had to, I took some breaths, I prayed in the spirit, and I probably, I, I um, unloaded on Amy, not in a bad <laughs> way, but I vented, I vented to her you know, what my hurt was. And once I got it out, I was, I was okay. But, it, I mean, it took a day to really, and I, and I tell you, the, the thing that really helped was praying in the spirit, but also just, you know, in marriage sometimes you do need trust, uh, trusted people. I'm not saying people, but you need mm-hmm. people where you can just let it out. I mean, because right. if you don't get it out of you, it will control you. <laughs> yeah. So, yep, so, yep, yeah. yep, 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 it, it will. And when it's a recurring issue, and you forgive, but it keeps happening, you know, when right. you just you lose a gasket. So I hear right. you, and I, I feel you. And so um, in the moment, I say walk away, get out, move, move out of the room, pray in the spirit. Uh, if mm-hmm. it's a situation where there's a friend that you have that you trust that's praying mm-hmm. for your marriage, there's a difference in, yeah. you know, and I, I always like to distinguish the difference between gossip and, and, and sharing your heart with someone. To yeah. me, gossip... At the end of it, there's no solution. Right. There's no solution. You're just, you're spewing. But when you're sharing your heart with someone and you're being vulnerable and you're just really mad or whatever have you, there's always a solution. There's, there's right. always a solution. And that's, that's the difference. And so if you have a trusted friend or, or someone that, that's discreet yeah, or whatever, that, that's a place to vent there. But then, you know, again, you still got to go back to God and deal with it, particularly if it's a recurring, yeah. a recurring, uh, Call a conflict in your right. marriage, and you would just benefit from just really um, um, examining and, and analyzing your conflict to see what's at the root of it. Because I yeah. talked about many things there, and it's lastly to answer to your question with regard to do I have other materials? Much of what I taught tonight is in a course called Radical Love. And okay. I am working on um, <laughs> I'm working on just trying to get some of this information into other places. So um, some of it's in abbreviated version will be in your spouse is not your problem, which is on my website, um, mm-hmm. where it will be a high over uh, of this. But it will give you examples uh, uh, of couples, real examples, which would be different than what I did here tonight. So that would be what I would refer to, refer you to right now. Okay. Yep. I Thank appreciate you, so you showing up every week and your support and your prayers. Thank you so oh, much. Oh no, no, no. The thank, no, the thanks is all. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
I have the easy part. I have the easy part. Uh, taking notes and listening, and believe me, um, you know, the, the Lord is working with me, and um, it, it, this has just been a blessing. It's just Praise been a real God. blessing that I have I have this because the Lord is, is I think he's, he's sharpening me for something. He's preparing yes. me for something, and I yep. have to learn something from all this, and I have mm-hmm. to stop. I have to stop and I have to to listen and I have to ask him, just like you said, I have yep. to ask him what does he want, you know, from yep. me? What does he need from me? Because he needs yep. something and I, I need to produce that and I need to grow up That's right. That's it. and face the music and, and act mature <laughs> and all that good stuff you just said. So you were yep. talking to me tonight. Well, praise <laughs> thank God. You so well, much. thank you again so much. Thank you. Amy? Amy? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, and in light of that question, can you also unpack, you said your spouse is not your problem in conflict, but you also said your spouse is your answer. Yeah. Could you unpack that a little bit? Because some of that's like, wait a minute, what do you mean is my answer? <laughs> isn't, isn't God my answer, and how can he or she not be my problem, but be my answer. Could you unpack that a little bit? Boy, that's a whole, that's a whole, we could do a seminar on that, but <laughs> let me try to do that really simply. Um, if you write the letters uh, of this book um, down, then it will help you. It's an acronym, and it's, um, let me write it down so I don't mess you up. It's it's from the title, Your Spouse Is Not Your Problem. And if you write down those letters on a piece of paper, you write them down too so I have them. Your spouse is not your problem. So it's Y-S-Y-P. Y-S-I-N-Y-P. Y-S-I-N-Y-P. Your spouse is not your problem. The first letter is Y. Your, the second, uh, the, the next three letters are sin. Your sin the next letter is Y, your, and the last letter is P, problem. Your sin, your problem. Remember, conflict starts from inside of you that every man sins when he's tempted from what's on inside of them. And when it is conceived, it brings forth. And so whatever's on inside of you is bringing you, uh, is bringing you into conflict. Whatever. I'm sorry, guys, I was getting this background noise. Um, whatever's on the inside of you, um, uh, it, it will come up through conflict. And so the Bible says every man is tempted when he's drawn away from his own lust. When lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And so your sin, your problem. Um, how can your spouse be your answer? Remember I said that the kingdom of God is bent on you growing up. When you, when, God, when you want to grow up, let's use a real example. Let's say I want to build muscles and I go to a gym and I said, oh, okay, I'm going to get a, tra- a, a personal trainer and they're going to help me build muscles. And so what they will do is uh, um, give me exercises and engage me in using the weight and they will increase the weight, the adversity that I'm having to push against. But in responding, I am building my muscles. Well, your spouse um, is the answer 
to what you need. And by that I mean they are carrying, they are an example, an exaggerated example of what God wants to produce in you. He doesn't want you to be like your, uh, your spouse. He's not trying to make you like your spouse. You didn't get married to become one and start fighting over which one of you you were going to become. But he does and he will use your spouse to show you in an exaggerated sense what he wants you to where the area that he wants you to grow in, and the reason why your spouse looks exaggerated, and I always I, I say drunk, is because they are carrying around your portion, and they are your sobriety program. So they are your answer. The the reason why we it's hard to receive how they are as an answer is because we look at them and say, oh, my God, I don't see how anybody can live that way and get anything done, and that is just, and so we have rejected the entire thing because we see how it affects them and the undesirable behaviors it produces in them for us. But the only reason that it is undesirable, because you're looking at an intoxicated version, an exaggerated version of the answer that God wants to supply to your life. See, in order to be something, you have to see it first. You can't have what you can't see. So if God wants you to become something else, he has to show it to you. And your spouse is a picture, again, a gross exaggeration in some cases, of what he wants you to become. And as you see it and as you learn the proper responses to your spouse, then you will be taking your portion and you'll be surprised your spouse will become more sober and if not, uh, more sober in what they're carrying around for you. See, if God wants you to be something, he has to get it into your sphere or your proximity for you to be able to take it. And so that's the best I can do on five minutes. <laughs> but, but I could show you and we could use live examples Again, if you want coaching, I mean, call me, let's do coaching or let's do a seminar or something like that because these things do need to be unpacked. Um, they are, it's, it's just a lot to do in five minutes. Again, this is kingdom. This is revelatory. So you will have to work with these things and interact with the things that I'm telling you and bring your relationship to the things that I'm 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 talking about here. It's new wine, and so I, Amy, that's the best I could do in five minutes. No, that's help. good. That was <laughs> that was good for five minutes. <laughs> okay, we have time for another question before we wrap up. Anybody else have a question? Amy, it's Melinda again. Just real quick, that Spotify. Um, how do I get on Spotify? What is the Sure. Do you have the Spotify app on your phone? I just downloaded it. Okay. So you go to um, Marriage Reform with oh, Kim good. Moore. Okay. And you, you can give look me that a few up in the search bar. Yeah, and just give this. This one will be up here probably in a couple, in probably in another couple hours. Just give me a couple hours, and this will be posted maybe sooner. Okay. Good, because I'm I'm all ears. <laughs> yes, Spotify is the easiest for uh, those of you who don't have Spotify. It's um, on iTunes it's, now, Amy. I just got an email that they have it on iTunes. I okay. haven't looked, but that's what they said. I have it's 
and on iTunes and several other podcasts. Yes, so basically uh, anywhere you get your podcast, you can get Marriage Reform with Kim Moore. But if you've never listened to a podcast, it's basically just instead of dialing in, you can just download this app, and then it has um, every call is a segment, and you can just listen to it and pause it at your leisure and, and, you know, look up the verse and really take it in and rewind and that kind of thing. So it makes it um, really easy. Um, but for sure it's on Spotify. Like you said, um, it's probably on all the other <laughs> podcast apps as well, but for sure on Spotify. Okay. No more questions? All right. Well, don't forget, we'll be in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, April 24th through the 26th. Uh, and um, let's see, this weekend I'll be ministering in Commerce, Georgia, to teenage girls from 15 to 20. Many of these girls have come from Christian homes and have observed hypocrisy. I have a few teenage clients who, have, who are Christians, grew up, were raised Christian and yet live with hypocrisy, parents in ministry, and yet live and now suffer because of the, the hypocrisy that they've, that they've experienced growing up. And so, um, and so please pray for me this weekend. And there are some a few spots left, and so if you know of a teenage girl and you're in the Georgia area and you want to see how to get them involved, then email me at them at moreonrelationships.com dot com and I can navigate you and direct you. Well again, thanks so much for all of your support and showing up each week and, and just just praying with us. We thank you for the financial support that enables us to get to the states and just to keep doing what we're doing and publish this information on Kingdom Matters. We could not do it without you. Well the replay number for tonight's call is six zero five four seven five. Four nine eight zero. The uh, access code is three four one zero 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 pound, and the reference code for tonight's call is eighty nine pound. And as Amy said, we are on Spotify at Marriage Reform with Kim Moore. Well, we bless you. We thank you so much. Please share this. Uh, go back and listen. Uh, just help me. Publish this throughout the land in Jesus' name. Comment on my Facebook page, Kim Moore Ministries or Kim Moore. Talk about what you're hearing, and and let's just get this message to the people that need it most. Well, I bless you, and I thank you again, and we will see you on the call next week, God willing. God bless you. Good night.